Fantasy Baseball today. It is Adam, Scott, and Chris. On this Friday, going to get you ready for Fantasy Week 4. We're going to talk about uh, some of the some of the things that have happened in the first two and a half weeks of the regular season. Like, for example, did you know that the Rockies don't have one home run from Charlie Blackman or Nolan Arenado so far? We're also going to do some buy or washed. sell. What? Washed. Oh, yeah, they're both washed up completely. Washed. Yeah. Completely. Of course, I wasn't saying that, just so you know. But they haven't had a home run yet <laughs> from those two guys. Um, that is Chris. Who says who says washed up anymore? It's come, on. come on, come on, come on, old lingo. Is that it's real? Washed now, really? Oh, washed. God, you're so old. <laughs> Short answers. Such an old man. I didn't know that. All right, let's get to the show here. Two star pitchers for next week. Uh, I don't know if we have any hitting matchup advice from Chris. I'll ask him later. We'll yeah. say okay, good. I was going to leave the listeners in suspense. And uh, like I said, buy or sell. And also, uh, I like I got some weekend streamers for you. My favorite is probably Vince Velasquez at Miami. He's 38% owned. I think he might help you out, maybe win you a week uh, with a good start this weekend. Tweet of the day comes from Heath, who's not here. Tweet uh, Heath says, <laughs> I am not worried about Jose Ramirez. I am starting to consider when I might become worried about Jose Ramirez. Jose Ramirez is 6 for 44 without a home run. Two doubles in 12 games, oh. only two walks. Oh, look at that tweet. There it is. Um, yeah, who's, who's, who's starting to consider when you might become worried about Jose Ramirez? I've got another tweet of the day. This one's from July, tw- August 27th of 2017 from Heath Cummings Sr. I'm not worried about Jose Ramirez. I am starting to consider when I might become worried about Jose Ramirez. In the previous 39 games during that stretch, he had one home run, but only hit a 594 OPS, only three stolen bases. Should we be worried about Jose Ramirez? I'm confused. What? When was that tweet dated? Yeah, I'm confused it's, too. It's a fake tweet, guys. It's just I'm oh. referring to that. No, that's terrible. That was a ter- <laughs> that was so that was such a washed joke. That was now terrible. you're not even using it right. Well, the point I, is, he had a stretch just as long that was just as bad. And he was better than ever before coming off of that. So the question isn't, should we be worried because Jose Ramirez is in a uh, a slump? Because he's ha- he's had that before, and we weren't worried. Or, or when, maybe we were at the when time. When was that know, slump? But, when was that? Well, July I mean, only... 14th to August 26th. Really, really nicely right after the All-Star break. But what year? So you know something happened. Last 2017. year? 2017. 2017. Okay. Because last year, his, his yeah. last 38 games... He finished terribly at a 577 OPS, but at least he was walking, Scott. But, yeah, you want to weigh in on Jose? Yeah, I mean, that's the only reason why any concern might be raised is because the last six weeks of last season were so poor for Jose Ramirez as well. Um, But I I looked a little deeper at things for him yesterday to respond to some tweets. And, um, you know, it, it is true. This has been brought up before. It is true he was terrible on breaking balls last year, specifically sliders and curveballs. Terrible. Um, 
all of his hits so far this year have come on sliders and curveballs, nothing else, which maybe doesn't mean anything. But um, what does probably mean something is that previous years in his career, he didn't struggle against those pitches really at all. So I'm not sure it's just something the league has figured out. He's incapable of hitting those pitches. I would also point out that he began last year two for 33, which is even worse than six for 44 in my mind. And obviously things turned out okay for him. Then his average exit velocity on the fastball this year is pretty much the same as it's always been. So it's not like he's swing is slowed down or something. He's striking out as infrequently as ever. Apart from the fact that he finished last year on a down note, I'm struggling to find anything, any real cause for concern here. There is one thing that has changed during last year's slow slow close and then early on this year, and that's he's pulling the ball a lot less. And that's where most of his power comes from is when he hits the ball in the air to the pull side. So if you want to look for a reason, that's probably it. Uh, there was actually a Fangraphs piece on this like last week that showed some examples of him going the opposite way with pitches on the inner half of the plate that he probably should have tried to pull. So if you really want to look for a reason, that's probably the best one you can find. But for me, I just look at it as we've seen him struggle before. We've seen him turn it around. I didn't expect him to be as good as he was last year in the power department anyway. So that he probably won't get there now doesn't really concern me very much. All right, Jose Ramirez. Get going a little bit here so we don't have to be so worried about Jose Ramirez, although apparently we're not worried. Uh, Thursday's standouts. So, yeah, let's let's talk about Thursday's games. There were only 10 of them. By the way, there's already a rain out today. There will be 14 games on this Friday. Uh, Scott, who stood out to you on Thursday? <laughs> Well, there were a lot of bananas pitching performances yesterday, but I think what was probably the most bananas per- pitching performance of the entire season was Zach Godley. I'm not sure whether to be completely discouraged and on the verge of dumping him <laughs> or to be encouraged by the fact he had 21 swinging strikes, including 16 on his curveball, which you might remember was the pitch that in- that led to the the breakthrough, um, the not fully realized breakthrough, it turns out, of two years ago. ton of strikeouts. Well, not a ton of strikeouts, eight and six innings. I mean, it's pretty good. But just the fact that he got so many swinging strikes, it was still a disastrous start. I mean, this is a ground ball pitcher who gave up, I think, three home runs in this start. Yeah. And hasn't really two. had a great start yet. Two home runs. I, I just, like, if if I hadn't seen that swinging strike number, I'd be like, all right, it's time to move on. Enough is enough, but that that gives me pause. Mm, interesting. All right, he's seventy six percent on Zach Godley. I had him on the dropometer, so zero to ten for Godley on the dropometer. Five six. Okay, can drop him, but you don't have to. Um, all right, uh, I got to stand out. Pete Alonzo. Heath talked about him as a sell high on yesterday's show. All of the points he made are still valid. He's striking out a lot. He's got some numbers that are not sustainable. But my goodness, uh, this is now five home runs in his last five games. He's got a 378 batting average, six home runs, 17 RBIs, and six walks to 16 strikeouts. Is there anything to say right now about Pete Alonso that Heath didn't say yesterday? He's really good, but if you can flip him for, yeah. for like Joey Votto or something, you might want to do that. What do you think? I still yeah. think the Mets are idiots for calling him up on opening day. 
No, you don't. I know. <laughs> I didn't think they were idiots at the first place. This is why you call the prospects up, because they can carry you for a couple of weeks, and that could be really important. Go Mets. Yeah. That's all so, I have to say. He's awesome. So, like, d- addressing the strikeout issue that Heath brought up yesterday, which, first of all, I mean, it's it's such a small sample that I'm I'm not even sure... I'm not even sure we should should concern he'll be that bad of a strikeout hitter, but that home run he hit yesterday, com- like scalded to center field. I, there, there's apparently water behind the center field fence in uh, <laughs> in SunTrust Park, which I never knew before seeing that that ball he hit because I guess nobody's ever reached that far back. Um, but the exit velocity on it was the um, I think it was the. Th- third highest ever recorded and like the on only hitters run. on a home run yeah. and the only hitters who ever get in that range are Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron judge like if an exit velocity I mean that was that was what first put him on the map as as a prospect people were like holy cow look at the exit velocities this guy produces like that's how Aaron judge is able to overcome a horrible strikeout rate is because he hits the ball on another level in terms of how hard it is. So even if Alonzo ends up being a high strikeout guy like that, I think there's a good chance he's somebody who'll be able to overcome it too. Yeah, but would you flip him for Joey Votto? I actually don't think that's of that course. easy of a of an answer. I mean, on this show it probably is, but for fantasy owners out there it might not be. Yeah, I'm sorry. What was the answer? Would you flip Alonzo for Votto? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I have Alonzo... 11th I think at first base now and and Heath said you know even with his concerns he's probably a borderline top 12 second base so I don't think we're we're yeah that different on where we land I'm just not maybe thinking the downside is as low as Heath is okay uh all right and and let's talk about Chris let's talk about Walker Bueller I got to stand out from you as well we'll talk about Walker Bueller we'll talk about Jose Quintana uh how concerned are you about Walker Bueller four innings five runs and he only allowed one extra base hit. That was good, but it's obviously a troubling start for him. 8.25 ERA on the young season for Walker Bueller. I'm actually I I have less to say about Walker Bueller than I do about like the the fantasy community writ large, and I think we've learned a lesson early this season. I was talking about it yesterday on Twitter. Scott wrote about it uh, a little bit in this morning's waiver wire column that you can find on cbssports.com/fantasy/baseball. We probably did not do a good enough job of preparing ourselves for the possibility that these guys who basically skip training or skip spring training uh, would get off to slow starts. And, you know, Chris Sale, Walker Bueller, none of the other Red Sox pitchers were held back quite as much as Chris Sale. But we're we're seeing that this seems to have had a, a real impact. And that's not surprising. Spring training... You know, we don't care about spring training results all that much, but we should probably steal ourselves to care more about spring training process. Yeah, so... As far as whether I'm concerned, right? no more than I was before this season. And I, I was a little uh, less warm on Walker Bueller than everyone else was. Right, well, that's that's the thing. I mean, you can just look at... Hey, they got a late start. And I think we did do a good job preparing people for Walker Bueller. I mean, Scott especially talked about that a lot because, you know, his first start might be piggybacked or whatever the situation was. We kind of felt like Walker Bueller might not even be somebody worth starting in the opening week of the season. I don't know that we thought his first three starts were going to be so bad. But when you look at Bueller, the huge workload last year, the big innings jump, 
and pitching into the World Series gave me and I think a lot of people some concerns. When you look at Chris Sale, the shoulder issues at the end of last year, I mean, I, I don't know that we can just chalk up their slow starts to abbreviated spring training. There's more there. Brad. Well, it is. I mean, the re- the whole Red Sox rotation was, I think, I think Evaldi threw seven innings this spring. Uh, yeah. There may have been some on the backfields that didn't get recorded officially. But who, but, but who is is suffering? And I don't know the answer to this. Are any of them losing velocity like Chris Sale? Because well, it seems like Chris Sale has that unique problem. Not really. Like they're they're all within. From what I understand, I think they're all within like one mile per hour of where they've been last yeah. year. So with the exception of Chris Sale, none of that is really concerning. And it's actually, it is worth noting that the the idea that pitchers underperform after World Series runs doesn't really have a lot of statistical backing. Oh, um, I, I disagree. You know, Saris did. Uh, well, I I did my own it, analysis. At least in terms. At least in terms. Well. <laughs> Uh, there's there's a distinction to be made that, okay. that's worth noting, and it's pitchers coming off of long World Series runs tend to perform worse than they did the previous season, but we also need to factor in that teams who make World Series runs are inevitably going to have more outlier performances than the rest of the league. So it's not so much that pitchers don't pitch worse coming off World Series runs. They usually on the whole, do not pitch much worse than their projections. Okay. All right. I don't want to get off on a tangent there. Um, Walker, would you rather have Walker Bueller or Chris Sale? Sale. Still. Would you rather have Walker Bueller or Herman Marquez? Bueller. I mean, I'm not really changing anything with Bueller. He's, I think he's going to be fine. And, you know, two of his first three starts are bad. I think when we look back on it, when we look back on a season, we're not even going to remember that, to be honest. Okay, so last question. Who's the best Dodgers pitcher rest of season? Bueller. All right. Doing Probably your, Bueller. Doing your Ben Stein impression over there. I believe Bueller <laughs> is a two-star. Actually, I don't know if he's a two-star pitcher because Kershaw is joining the rotation. So it might be one start against Cincinnati. If not, it's Cincinnati and at Milwaukee. Are we calling Walker Bueller a start next week? Yeah. yeah. Against yeah. If, if it's Cincinnati, for sure. All right. Finally, uh, Jose Quintana. Seven scoreless innings, 11 strikeouts on four hits against the Pittsburgh Pirates. 15 swinging strikes. And you will start him next week at Miami. He's 82% owned. So, you know, I, w- I would pick him up just for the Miami start and see where it goes from there. <laughs> but he, I just I don't really understand what happened to Jose Quintana, why he went from being the most consistent pitcher in baseball to someone who basically wasn't even worth using. And um, Yep. Beautiful start last night. What does it mean, Scott White? Oh, I don't really understand it either. That he's it, it was one of the biggest mysteries to me of last season. Uh, if you want to point to something that was different about yesterday's start, he did throw a changeup much more than he ever does. It's kind of a new pitch for him. And um, thir- he threw 13 of them and got four swinging strikes on it, which is pretty good. I mean, they were talking about it's a good changeup, apparently. Um, I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't know if that's going to be what saves him. This is the first I've heard of it. And he's had, I think he had starts like this last year too, where he kind of faked this into believing, oh, he's back. And then he wasn't. So I don't want to read too much into it. The main thing I read into it is that 
I was probably getting pretty close to dropping Jose Quintana too, and now obviously I'm not. I, I looked at all of his game log, his game log from last year. There were a few starts that were really good. This one was better than than all of them. But look, this was this was probably the best start for for most pitchers. Seven scoreless innings with one walk and eleven strikeouts. All right, so hang on to Jose Quintana, and we'll see what happens. Take a quick break here on Fantasy Baseball today. When we come back, news and notes. Chris loves the Ozzy Albies contract. Hey, real quick, <laughs> most added list. We're less than three weeks into the season and dot, 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 some buy or sell and a lot more. we got a busy show today, so stick around. We're coming right back on Fantasy Baseball today. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, here we go, Chris. I, look, I don't get the, the option years. That's that's what bothers me. Like, seven years... I don't know what... Yeah. What mystical power do the Atlanta Braves have that they've been able to... Like, Ozzy Albies and Ronald Acuna have probably sacrificed collectively $350 million in lifetime earnings for the Atlanta Braves. I don't understand anything about these deals. Like, from their perspective, I understand. Get the money now. You, It, it just gets into lots of really problematic things about the way baseball's economy works, and I, I don't want to go on a big ramp, but these guys didn't sign big big bonuses, and baseball teams are taking advantage of that by getting them to sign. I mean, in both cases, probably for a third of what they will likely be worth. It's Maybe. It's really bad. I, I just keep thinking, like, if somebody offered me $35 million, and I, even if I thought I had the chance to make $150 million, there's a good well, chance I'd take it. Here, well, you're not really good at baseball. Uh, you've never seen me. <laughs> I, like, you know, and I'm, not, I'm not, not trying to besmirch your good name, but there, there's actually a lot of studies that, like, if you offer people uh, $1,000, a chance to win $1,000, or... Uh, they have a 50-50 chance to win $1,000 or you give them uh, a certain amount of money. I think that you only have to go down to like $370 before they'll start taking it. Mm-hmm. It's just people are really, really risk averse and I totally understand that. But from a like larger context of the baseball world, these deals are really, really bad. Okay, well. Uh, well it's, really, it's really the option years, like Adam yeah. was saying, that oh, I yeah. think pushes them into unprecedented territory. Um, because, you know, just buying out the buying out the pre-arb years and the arb years and a couple years after that. I mean, there, there have been plenty of fa- players that have followed that path. Some great, like, Ev- well, Evan Longoria ended up being even great. I don't know. It was um, great for the team. Yeah. He was an, a perennial MVP. Except he's still in. Except he's still in that contract now. No, it's on the second contract. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, um, the Rays gave out anyway. one contract that was really bad. Ended up being bad. I can't remember what it was. I think it was the. Rays. I mean, the Astros did the one with John Singleton, but maybe, yeah. maybe that was Matt it. Moore. Matt Moore. Uh, Adam, maybe. Maybe been Matt yeah, Moore. Yeah. But the the, uh, the the numbers are so small that if Ozzy Albie's never plays another baseball game, the Braves will not even notice the amount of money that they. They oh, yeah. gave him on this no. contract. So that that's the thing <laughs> is that there is zero risk for the teams. And now we're looking at like free agency is just not going to exist. For, like, the uh, next things decade. will change. Things will change. 
But uh, these players are under contract. That doesn't change. Well, yeah, but they're not the only players in baseball. I think the new collective bargaining agreement really has to address. It's it's a little unfair that teams control the be- the best years of a player's career. Like they've got to start hitting free agency earlier. Uh, that would that would solve some problems. Yeah, I mean, I think the way the aging curve has kind of changed too right. is right. is um because there's just not much earning potential anymore after age thirty. Right. And uh, so I, I don't know. I don't know what the fix is. I, I mean, I get why I'd be upset as like Tony Clark or um, Chris Towers, you know. Yeah. There's no solidarity between the Players Association players and, and the larger group. And we should start planning maybe after this podcast on how we're going to spend the entire 2021 season. <laughs> uh, all right, Clayton There's Kershaw. There's not going to be baseball. Clayton Kershaw is going to start on Monday, and he won't be on a pitch count, so he avoids the Brewers this weekend. He gets the Reds on Monday. Chris Sale is going to have his next start pushed back two days. He will face the Yankees next week. Starter sit Kershaw. Starter uh, sit. <laughs> starter sit Chris Sale next week. I'm okay with starting Kershaw. He's not a must start, but the matchup's good enough that you can. There's not a chance I'm starting Chris Sale against the Yankees. Whit's, Whit Merrifield's hit streak ended at 31 games, and Heath Cummings isn't here. Coincidence? Yes. <laughs> uh, Ronald Acuna has homered in three straight games. Two of them were at Colorado. Seattle set a record for the most consecutive games with a home run to start the season. They have homered in 15 straight games. Corey Seager got hit on the hamstring. He left with a hamstring injury, but it's just a bruise, so hopefully he's back out there soon, Corey Seager. Mike Fultonevich is going to make another rehab start this weekend. Nick Castellanos has a sprained toe. Billy Hamilton left with a knee injury. Would anybody other than me pick up Terrence Gore just as a speculative ad? Only in like a 15-team roto. Okay, well, this is a 12-team roto, but my team's so bad that I'm actually in 15th place. Uh, (laughs) Max Muncy left with a hand injury. One game away from second base eligibility, so he hurt his hand. I, I don't know anything else. And uh, hope hope for the best with Max Muncy. Max Muncy, Sonny Gray. I pronounced myself done with Sonny Gray. I guess I'm not shocked. Look, I knew he'd have a good start against the Marlins, but he was having a great yeah. start, and then he got hit yeah. by a comebacker. He left with a calf contusion. His status for his next start is uh, unknown. But Scott, what are your overall thoughts on Sonny Gray? I feel pretty good about him. I mean. It- it is weird that it was an afternoon injury and there was no update provided later on the extent of it. But um, yeah, his last two starts have been great. His spring was great. There was a lot of hope that leaving the Yankees, who uh, didn't he didn't agree with um, the way they were encouraging him to use his arsenal, throwing a slider he didn't feel was that great of a pitch more. And uh, he hasn't been throwing it as much with the Reds and has been getting great results. So I... I He's must own, and um, hopefully he's okay. He is sixty four percent owned, and hopefully he's okay, Sonny Gray. But hopefully he's okay enough to just be pushed back a day or two, because that would mean he would avoid the Dodgers next week, and instead would get the Padres. Here is a fantasy PSA: If you have a questionable starting pitcher, do not start him against the Los Angeles Dodgers. It is a terrible, terrible idea. Mm-hmm. I was lucky. I not lucky. I was. I, I'm a genius when I'm in fifteenth place in the 12-team league, I sat Michael Waka. So that was uh, one good decision I made. Rowdy Telez 
Uh, All right, stat cast no, backers. No, he did not hit a 500-foot home, home run. He, he, originally, he was given the longest home run in Fenway Park history, and then stat cast had to basically remove their uh, their projection yeah. of the distance because it was clear, I guess, that it wasn't that deep. It went like 8 to 9. It was probably like a 420-foot home run. He hit it a long way, but there was no way in the world that it was a 500. Like, this is why we can't have robot arms. The, I love the technology. It's great once the numbers start to settle and you get a lot of them. But no, we can't have robot umps when we're using technology that thinks that was a five hundred foot five foot home run. Uh, there were some who there were some people on Twitter who was trying who were trying to tell me that it hit off the facing of the upper deck and bounced back into the crowd. But I you know I tried pausing it. They had a nice second angle that showed it. Hitting, you know, that showed it from the side that should have made it out. Like, I, I didn't see that. There was there was a second batter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, real quick here. Uh, Ken Giles had his uh, the longest active streak of converted saves end. He had, had 34 in a row. He blew the save. Devers with the walk-off hit. You saw Pedro Avila pitch for San Diego. It might be one and done. He was called up just to give Chris Paddock an extra day's rest. Jay Bruce could play today. And Todd Frazier could be back any day now for the Mets. And I do wonder what happens to Jeff McNeil. He's off to a very good start. High batting average. Not a ton of power. But um, I, I'm sure we'd rather see uh, I'm sure we'd rather see Juan Lagares get the boot or something like that than Jeff McNeil. Yeah. I mean, McNeil has hardly been playing against lefties as it is. So I don't think anything changes for him. I'd I'd wonder more about J.D. Davis, but, you know, he's not playing consistent enough to be fantasy relevant anyway. I guess, honestly, Nimmo I, might not have. It, Nimmo, Nimmo right? might not be long. Yeah, he's still leading like off. This. But, right, like, why not play McNeil over Nimmo? Like, maybe there's a defense issue there. Uh, let's do some hey real quick with a couple of Chris's. Not Chris. Chris's that spell their name with a K, which must, must drive Chris Towers with a C cr- crazy with a K. Hey, real quick. <laughs> Chris Davis or Chris Bryant? I think I go with Bryant only because he's not DH only. That that's the only reason why it's even a question. I think. <laughs> uh, Actually, and Chris Davis is on a heater. Over his last 365 days, he's hitting 249. <laughs> yeah, that's he's great. on fire. But he has nine home runs. I- I don't think that's the only question, Adam. I mean, Chris, without an H, but with the K, is, um, I think his ceiling is unquestionably higher. It's just how confident are you that he's going to reach it after a couple years where he, in a row, where he fell short? Yeah, right. I mean, Chris Davis is probably going to hit 250 or less again. 249. 247. But he's probably going to approach 50 home runs, and so that's obviously really valuable. Hey, real but, quick. Um, hey, real quick. What's yeah. the answer? Who you got? Okay. I'm done rambling. But Go who ahead. you got? Next one. You're taking Chris Davis, too? Scott? I think I'm taking Brian, but oh. it's close. Okay, there you go. Hey, real quick. Adalberto Mondesi or Trevor Story? Story. Story. Really? Okay. Boy, Mondesi. Is that quick enough for you? Yeah, not too quick. Mondesi's off to quite a start. <laughs> it looks pretty legit. You know I love Mondesi. Come on. I know, I know. It has nothing to do with that. It's just I'm not ready to, you know, I'm not ready to run away from my preseason expectations for Trevor Story. All right, Mondesi, three steals so far. I think that's actually a pretty good number because he only has uh, six singles and three walks. 
So he hasn't been on first base. Like he's got a lot of extra base hits and three steals for Mondesi. Story 0 for 2 on stolen base attempts thus far. And the Rockies have only played five home games compared to eight road games. Story, this is the, you know, it's early, but 6-11 OPS on the road, not what we want to see from Trevor Story. So let's take a look at the most added lists on CBSSports.com. Daniel, Vo- I'm bringing Vogelbach. Thank you, Team Name Tuesday. Yeah. He is number one. And Max, Freedom is number two. And Jason Hayward is number three. And Dansby Swanson's number four. Yandy Diaz, number five. If you're watching the video, you see it all there. Um, sexy names there. Vogelbach, Freed, Hayward, Swanson, Diaz. Chris, your reaction to the top five on the most added list? I- I'm not adding Jason Hayward. I'm sorry. I like all the other guys, though. I- I'm-, I'm really happy with what Dansby Swanson's doing. Uh, this started in spring training. He's focusing more on driving the ball to all fields, which was the profile that we kind of expected from him coming up. And, you know, I love Yandy Diaz. He's he's a stud. Yeah, yeah, well, Big damn, baby. So who's the best player on this on this list? Vogelbach, Freed, Hayward, Swanson, Yandy. I think it's... I would bet it's Swanson. Ooh. I would bet... I would bet Diaz, but um, I think Vogelbach has the most up, upside. There are obvious playing time concerns there. Though now that Bruce is banged up makes it a little easier. And even before he was banged up, it seemed like they were in motivated to get him in the lineup so it's i think his ownership percentage could stand to go up from there from 52 percent from 52 yeah the one i'm actually least excited about is freed because i'm there's just so many potential replacements and he hasn't as good as his last two starts were there weren't a there weren't a lot of there wasn't a lot of swing and miss in them that's okay so i'm not he's a ground ball machine scott yeah um he could be, he could be, but I I think there's still a lot to prove there. Um, I unlike Chris, I am interested in Hayward from a five outfielder league perspective. I mean, his ownership percentage is probably pretty appropriate now. Fifty six percent, three stolen bases already, so he's running more and he's elevating better. It's obviously small sample driven and could normalize, but I th- there's a chance. I, I, when anybody who strikes out as little as he does has a much higher margin for error to be relevant in fantasy. Uh, another player I want to talk about is Yanni Chirinos. Chirinos is 50, uh, 58% owned, excuse me. And he's made two starts, and they both have been very good, including seven scoreless innings, uh, seven innings, one earned run against Houston. But he's in the bullpen right now. He's not going to make a start this week. I guess it's unclear what the Rays' plans are for Yanni Chirinos. Right now, he looks like a pretty good pitcher. I, I just don't know what to recommend for fantasy owners, so I'm going to make you recommend something to fantasy owners on Yanni Chirinos. <laughs> I have him in a 15-team league. I think he's must-own there. I think... Do Heath and I have him in the For the People, which is 14 teams? Or 16 teams? It's 16 teams, yeah. Um, so any... Bigger league like that, I think he is most owned. I think he's really good. Uh, there are questions about what the role might be, but he's got good stuff. He throws hard. Uh, I think his velocity is up quite a bit in the early going and has a really good uh, splitter that he started throwing more this season. So 
I think there's I think there's a good amount of potential. I like him more than Max Fried. Oh, okay. Me too. Uh, Yanni Chirinos or Sonny Gray? Sonny Gray. Yeah, I think still. Okay. Um, that, that could pretty much suffice for the most added list. Anthony Swarzak has not gotten a save in either of the last two games. He was not available yesterday. We're going to talk about the bullpen in a little bit. Take another quick break. Some early season trends, some buy or sell, some week four help, the legitometer, the dropometer. Your emails, hopefully, at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. It's all coming up right after this on Fantasy Baseball Today. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. Okay, guys, here's a segment called We're Less Than Three Weeks Into the Season and dot, dot, dot. So we're less than, I do have to say it every time. We're less than three weeks into the season and Rafael Devers has been moved out of the three spot. He has batted fifth or sixth in four straight games. And he had a good game yesterday, but he is off to a bad start. And he's batting 200 with one double and 15 at bats against lefties. So um, Rafael Devers, does he appear to be an early loser for you guys? I wish he got off to a hot start. I'd feel better about it. He could wind up back in the three hole. I mean, that's that's kind of one thing that I, I think is kind of funny about the way we fixate over lineup spots is just man- managers tinker a ton with their lineups these days. You know, and by these days, I mean, that's probably been true of the last 15 years. So I don't know why we I don't know why we get so worked up about it. Yeah, well, he's just he is off to bat. Start. But right now it's Mitch Moreland, I think, batting third. So you're right. He could. Uh, Devers could play his way back into it. Would you rather have Rafael Devers or Josh Donaldson? Um, Donaldson hasn't done anything, right? Nothing. Yeah, I mean, my my preseason ranking holds for each, and I have Donaldson, I think, eight spots ahead of Devers. Okay. Yeah, much much more of a track record there. And, um, you know, at some point I'll get concerned, but not yet. I'll just start Yandy Diaz until either of them gets hot, you know? Okay. Hey, uh, we're less than three weeks into the season, and Nolan Arenado and Charlie Blackman have not homered. Yeah. yeah kind of weird, huh? True. A- any <laughs> concerns? Rockies are off to a horrible start. I thought, they really are. I thought there was a chance they could topple the Dodgers this year, but it's everything, just about everything that could go wrong has. I don't think Wade Davis has a save yet. You know, it's I don't I don't I'm not really concerned. It's just one of those early season oddities. OK, yeah, so like Arnado has really bad, bad ball data, but the track record is so long. Like it could be one of those seasons where he just never figures it out. But it's way, way too early to start thinking about that. So Arenado uh, started last year with a home run on opening day and then he went 14 straight games without a homer. And right now it's 13 straight games. Um, I think, you know, Blackman could certainly is more worrisome just because he's not as good as Nolan Arenado and he didn't have a great year last year and he's getting older. But I, I assume we're cool with him. He did have yeah. a great year, uh, to be clear. He had a pretty good year. Not 
not his standards, but it was it was it was great in a vacuum. Okay, it was wor- it, it was worse than the year before. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was a pretty good year. So uh, we are less than three weeks into the season, and David Peralta leads baseball with nine doubles, and he also is last in baseball with zero walks. That is weird. David Peralta has not drawn a walk, but he has doubled nine times. This guy was the number 17 outfielder in points leagues, number 14 in roto. What do you make of David Peralta's start? I remain skeptical of him as a whole. I recognize that it could make me look really dumb, but mm-hmm. the batted ball data for him is not super impressive so far. It was nope, just a one-year thing. So I'm, at least on the baseball savant side, I don't know. I'm, I haven't looked at fan graphs, but he's yeah. hitting the ball okay hard, but not particularly well in terms of the 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 angle of impact so okay like i if you believe in him you should still believe in him i just i didn't believe in him so i still don't but the main thing that changed from last year is he his hard contact rate he became one of the best at that i think he had the second highest hard contact rate of any hitter yep and that is that is way up again obviously with batted ball data this time of year it's it, it can change very quickly uh, but so far I'm encouraged a guy who I didn't have much confidence coming in. I'm, I want to say I'm at my confidence is way up, but I, I feel pretty good if I drafted him. Yeah. And you know what? The Arizona has faced a ton of lefties third most at bats against lefties behind the giants and the A's. The giants are way ahead of the field. The A's have played a couple extra games. I think I know they had the Japan games. Um, and Peralta's 9-for-24 with four doubles against lefties, so that's good, too. So there's some good and some bad for David Peralta. And finally, we're less than three weeks into the season, and your MLB leader in strikeouts, just ahead of Max Scherzer and Jacob deGrom and Blake Snell, is Matt Boyd, or Matthew Boyd. Don't know your name, Matthias Boyd, but you lead baseball in strikeouts. And how about that? We've talked enough about Matthew Boyd. I just wanted to give him a shout-out for being so wonderful. Let's do some buy or sell. Some of these are from me. Most of them are from the listeners. Buy or sell from me. Garrett Hampson will remain in the Colorado lineup. He will be a regular in the Colorado lineup. Garrett Hanson. Hampson. The good news for him is nobody else is hitting. But he has earned every bit of his slow start. There there are not buy or a sell. lot of signs. Buy or sell. Buy. I'm going to buy also. That he stays in line. Okay. Uh, someone dropped him in a 13-team Roto League that I'm in, and I probably will be picking him up. He does have four hits in his last four games. 40% on Garrett Hampson. Buy or sell, Jose Martinez will become a regular in the Cardinals lineup. Sell. So. I'm going to buy. Um, he got four hits yesterday. Hasn't made many starts. But Dexter Fowler is not long for the right field job. It's just a question of do they go with Martinez or O'Neal more. Buy or sell Jesse Winker, 61% owned, needs to be added immediately. 100% buy. Yeah, I would I would buy too. Basically, his first five games were bad, and he's hitting like 260 with an 880 OPS since. I think that, uh, by the way, Chris did say this in his waiver wire column yesterday that you should pick up Jesse Winker. Um, I think, Chris, that 100% buy should be your catchphrase whenever you leave a room. 
100% buy. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> All right, from Matthew Ziegler. Buy or sell. Fantasy Cat is the third best analyst on the pod. Is he here today? Uh, Tiger? Tiger Cat? El, El Tigre? And he, he sleeps through it. I don't know what kind of analysis you're looking for, but that's the awesome. cutest yeah, He's kind. back there. He oh, is yeah. the second he's cutest. Not cute. Bye. Yeah. You pet him, you wind up with this old man drool all over you. There's nothing That's cute about delightful. that. That's delightful. That is adorable. <laughs> no. no. Buy or sell also from Matthew. Robinson Cano is washed. Washed. Uh, he said washed up. I will fix it. Robinson Cano is washed. Sell. Sell. Buy or sell from Billy. Yoan Moncada is a top five second baseman in both points and roto. I sell, uh, but I want to buy. I mean, maybe I'll, I'll buy some with futures. <laughs> 12. Can I go 12? Certainly at second. I'd be willing to uh, to predict that at this point. I think I moved him up that high in my rankings. You have him 15th. But he can, go, second? he can go ahead of Profar, Peraza, and VR. Like, and VR's off the He could. Too. He can go he ahead could. of Dozier. Yeah. All right, that's that's Moncada. Yeah, that's that's kind of that's kind of a messy foursome right there. But I I could see ranking him above all of them. Buy or sell from Brent. Ronald Acuna hits forty home runs. I'll sell, but it won't. There, there will become a point in September where where I'll feel a little antsy about it. My head says sell. My gut says buy. Look at the graphics department here for video going through my mentions and getting the tweet up there. I love it. <laughs> now I have to accurately read the tweet though. So the pressure is on. This is from Kieran Hall. Buy or sell Barrios is a top 10 starting pitcher. Sell. Yeah, you don't need me to say that. Buy or sell from Michael. Peter Alonso hits 30 plus home runs and bats 260. I buy the 30 home runs part for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You throw the combo at us, but I'll buy it based on what I was saying earlier. All right, 30 homers, 30-plus homers, and a 260 average for Alonzo. We're buying it. This is from Paul. Buy or sell Chris Davis hits 60 home runs. I mean, he hasn't had a hit in, like, 60 at plate appearances. <laughs> oh, the, oh, uh, sell. <laughs> yeah, I got to sell. I, you, could, you could get me to buy 50, but 60 is a bridge too far. This is from Eric. Buy or sell D. Gordon and Malik Smith will finish one and two in steals for the season. Sell. Sell. There are too many Royals. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up, we have from Lineup Legends. Buy or sell. Richard Lovelady finishes the season with 15-plus saves. I'll sell. Sure. I'll, I'll go. I'll go bold prediction there. He, I think, I mean, there's, yeah, I mean, there's, the bullpen's terrible and he has upside, so I'll buy. Oh, what do you got? A couple, few more here. Buy or sell from Aaron. Forrest Whitley, Astros prospect, uh, the pitcher, is a must-own. Forrest Whitley. Not right now. At some no. point. Hopefully. Okay. I did remove him from, and we talked about this a little yesterday. Um, I actually wrote the column yesterday after the podcast, though, and I did remove him from the top five prospects to stash. He would probably be among the top ten, but there's... There's a few things that have to happen before he's getting called up, and um, I'm sure we'll have plenty of forewarning before those things do happen. <laughs> uh, uh, this is from forewarning means the Roto feed. Buy or sell? Nearly all foods that end with Etos are delicious. 
I can't think of well, any that aren't. Other than like chip brands, the burritos. What are we talking about? Burritos. Oh, burritos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, yeah that's the. I, I think taquitos. Taquitos. Yeah. I I don't know that. I'm not sure I've had a taquito. I don't know that Fritos are delicious. Like Fritos are fine. They're not delicious. Oh, they're delicious. Come they're, on. They're they're a a great uh, receptacle for getting delicious things in your mouth, and I'll give them credit for that. <laughs> they're part of the team. The simplicity of the of, there's only three ingredients in a Frito. You know that three ingredients. Scott White should be a food critic. Uh, This guy, he (laughs) takes such a scientific approach to all his food opinions. I love it. Uh, Lee from Fargo has our last buy or sell. Buy or sell. Melky Cabrera played with Babe Ruth. Seriously, I've played fantasy baseball for 30 years, and I can't remember a year without Melky Cabrera. Buy. And every single year he went undrafted, and then somebody was starting him by June. (laughs) Who, Babe Ruth? Okay, let's go. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to get through all of yesterday's stuff that's important. Um, and we're going to do it quickly. We start with the Legitometer. Zero to ten on the Legitometer. I know I keep mentioning some of the same names, but they keep on performing. So, Enrique Hernandez, top two second baseman in fantasy right now, batting 349 with four home runs. Zero to ten, Enrique Hernandez. Six. He's a legitimate uh, I, middle infielder. <laughs> I'll go seven. Okay. There's no way he should be on waivers in any, any league at this point. Mm-hmm. Marcus Simeon, legitimeter, 71% owned. Simeon is batting 323 with three homers and a steal. He's good. No, he's not. Seven or eight. He's the, yes, I, he is. He's, he's not good. He's always, he's always at least a starting middle infielder. Uh, not really. Like last year he yes. was. Last year he wasn't. I mean, didn't he have like 15 steals and 15 homers? That's not good. 15 homers, 14 steals, a 255 batting average. That's in a road league, it's, that's it's a starting bord- middle infield. I mean, you know, they're if every if everybody in a 12 team roto league is paying attention, then I mean, it, it would be one of the worst starting middle infielders, but it would it would deserve to be a starting middle infielder. Um, I'm I'm intrigued just from the standpoint that his strikeout rate. For the second straight year is way down, and it was in spring. It has been. He, he has the A's have played. The A's and Mariners have both played so much more than everybody else. Um, he so he's already at seventy-two plate appearances for the regular season. Combine the ones with spring training, and he's up around like one twenty, and hardly any strikeouts. So if that's if, mm. if if that's true, if that's a new thing for him, then. He suddenly becomes much more interesting. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, so that's uh, Marcus Simeon. Freddie Galvis on the Legitometer. Zero. <laughs> What's weird about... Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to... Zero, just say zero. Just What's say weird zero. about him is... Okay. Yeah. Drop-o-meter, <laughs> drop-o-meter. Because we, we got a late start today due to my Let's fault. Let's do it. Let's do it. So um, we got to end the show in about six minutes. Drop-o-meter, Zach Godley, zero to ten. Oh, we already did him. Six. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Miguel Cabrera batting 261 with, uh, no, he's not, is he batting 261? Yeah, I think he is, but he stinks. Miguel Cabrera. <laughs> three. Two. Josh Donaldson batting 186 with three doubles. All three of his doubles have come in the last four games. Josh Donaldson. Two. Two. Danny Jansen, 79% owned. Three. Two. Boy, that's a, that's a bad start. Five for 34. Down mm-hmm. in the order. He's still playing a ton for a catcher. Jung Ho Gong, 32% owned. Nine. 
Yeah, nine sounds good. Okay. Got to make... Uh, let me talk about some fringies here. Steven Matz, Aaron Sanchez, Kevin Gosman, Pablo Lopez, Mike Leak. Do you like any of them oh, long term? Steven Matz, Aaron Sanchez, Kevin Gosman, Pablo Lopez, Mike Leak. Definitely intrigued by Matz. I wish he was getting more swinging strikes, but this is two eight strikeout games in a row after a really impressive finish to last season. The numbers from his last seven starts were ace-like. Um, so I think he deserves to be more owned than he is. And I'm not giving up on Pablo Lopez. I, I might drop him at this point to make room for somebody else, but I, I think there's still a lot of upside there. And Pablo Lopez is probably the kind of guy that you can drop and he won't go at it. So I, I think it makes sense. I think it's time to take a look at week four. Chris, you have some hitting advice for us? Yeah, let me just open up that spreadsheet that okay. I've got that's available on sportsline.com for users. Now, before you do that, let me tell you, Correct. go to sportsline.com if you want this information. you got to pay $1 for your first month. Use the promo code Vegas on sportsline.com. Also, it's Masters Week underway, full swing. Is that a golf expression, full swing? Um <laughs> Go to mast, go to cbssports.com slash masters first cut for different camera views. You know, you can follow different types of things and watch CBS Sports HQ all week during the masters. cbssports.com slash masters first cut and check out the, the uh, first cut podcast as well. All right. What do we got in terms of hitters? We got some really good ones. Uh, I think you probably put Philadelphia at the top. They've got three games against the Mets, which will probably be tough, but then four games at Colorado. So seven games overall. Great for the Phillies. I think you probably keep starting Michael Franco. Um, not sure they really have any fringy guys. Otherwise, maybe Cesar Hernandez, but I don't think he's really uh, someone that you're widely owned right now. And Minnesota has Toronto and at Baltimore. That is sensational. So I think we're sticking with Byron Buxton, who's looked really good so far. Um, and the White Sox have home against Kansas City at Detroit for seven games. Angels have three at Texas, four versus Seattle. So there's some good ones out there for sure. So, fellas, um, yeah, to, to the listeners, I need to apologize for being so rushed. But I did have, you know, I, I was the reason why we're late to start today. And that's why we have to finish pretty quickly. And so I'm going to go through the two-star pitchers fairly quickly here. And then I'll try to get some one-star weekend streamers to try to help you win this current week. Um, but Aaron Nola has the Mets, and then he's at Colorado. Are you starting Aaron Nola? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Chris Sale is not going to be a two-star pitcher, I don't think, because he's being pushed back. So just be aware of that. And we're probably not starting him at one start against the Yankees. Uh, Joey Lucchese, Colorado, and Cincinnati both at home. Hmm. Both at Colorado? No, uh, no. No, both in San Diego. You definitely, you start him. You start Lucchese. Robbie Ray is at Atlanta and at the Cubs. No. Yeah, well, I'm just worried about, I'd be worried about the whip in a Roto League. In a points league, I'd probably do yeah, it. Yeah, points, yeah. Kenta Maeda, Cincinnati at home, Milwaukee on the road. Start. Yeah. Yeah. There is no way. Maybe I'm, not in Roto. No way I'm starting Freddie Peralta against the Cardinals and Dodgers at home. No. All right, this is a tough one. Matt Shoemaker at Minnesota and at Oakland. I think I would. Oh, I, I don't think it's tough. I think, I think that's a yes for me. Matthew Boyd, Pittsburgh and the White Sox at home. Yep. Yep. Now, I'm going to ask you about Yusei Kikuchi, 
Cleveland at home and the and the Angels on the road, and I would typically start him. But we're getting to the point where are they going to just throw a throw like a bullpen day with with one of his starts? Because you know we're getting to like six starts for him. I think he's made four already. I think, given the time off after his first start in Japan, that maybe they might be able to avoid that. I'm not sure. I haven't seen anything. All right. So it's a touch risky, but I think the first start at home against Cleveland could be a good one. Max Freed, Arizona, and at Cleveland. Yeah, I think he can. I was supposed to be a two-star pitcher this week. What happened? Yeah, what yeah happen? I would start him. Okay, that's good. You Darvish at Miami and home against Arizona. Are you kidding with these matchups? You, have to. you yeah. do have to? God, the, the matchups are, you... are so good. How can you, like, oh, he's been so bad, though. Exactly. <sighs> Though you'd only consider it in a points league. Yeah. I think I'm going to have to do it in a Roto League because I'm in 15th place at 12th team. <laughs> Domingo Armand, Boston and Kansas City at home. That one's really, really interesting. I I think no. Really? The Boston, I mean, I know Boston's been bad so far, but I'm not going to. Yeah, but the other one's Kansas City. Sure. And he's been great so far. But they don't I, really I think... strike out very much. Uh, oh, he'll strike them out. I'm going yes here. All right, we got a split on Ramon. Yes. Nick Pavetta, no. Mets at home, Rockies nope. on the road, no. Nope. nope, nope, nope. Trevor Richards, Cubs and Nationals. That one's really tough. Hurry, hurry, hurry. I believe I'm, it. I believe in. I believe in Richards. Let's do it. Two starts. Let's do it. All right, Trevolution. Uh, these are all. These are guys that you could pick up. We got Kyle Gibson, Aaron Sanchez, Brandon Woodruff, Mike Miner, Derek Rodriguez. Two road starts. Uh, Mike Leak, Jake Odorizzi, Dylan Bundy, Tyler Malley, Dakota Hudson, Ronaldo Lopez, Matt Harvey, Jorge Lopez. Um, that's probably all we'll consider there. So I think Tyler Malley's worth considering. Uh, I mean, I know that starts at LA, but yeah, then at San yeah, Diego. Yeah, he's and Odorizzi, the standout here. Ugh. Two good matchups. Yeah, he's got maybe. Toronto and at Baltimore. I mean, Baltimore is a tough place to pitch, but I don't buy that their offense has been decent so far. So okay. I just don't believe he's stuff. a good pitcher. I think he can be That's good the enough. Main thing. Who's this? Odorizzi? Odorizzi, yeah. Yeah, those are good uh, matchups. Mike wow. Minor. And eh, I want to do Mike Minor, not with those matchups. Uh, I have to apologize. But he's probably I... my second favorite of the ones scarcely owned here. I really wanted to uh, read some emails. And I apologize for that. So I'll make sure we do it next week, even though it's a busy week, a lot of games. Uh, weekend streamers real quick. Um, Julio Arias, 72% owned. He's facing Milwaukee, but he's really good. Um, I, I like Michael Pineda. He's 76% owned also. He's getting Detroit. Caleb Smith against Philadelphia is not bad. He's 50% owned. Uh, pretty, uh, fairly interested in Merrill Kelly, 31% against San Diego. Not the easiest matchup, but could do worse. And then I really like Vince Velasquez, 38% owned at at Miami. Uh, Jake Junis maybe against Cleveland, but he's been pretty bad. I think I'd probably start Eric Lauer, 68% owned at Arizona. But Velasquez is my favorite, um, so please enjoy. Thank you for listening, and so sorry about the short show and the rush show. My fault. Uh, have a great weekend. We will talk to you on Monday. For Scott and Chris, I'm Adam. See you later. Everybody.